Today is Friday, August 2nd, 2019. And for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. All eyes were on the swing state of Michigan this week as Democratic presidential candidates gathered for their second round of debates in Detroit. Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, took the opportunity to highlight a subject near and dear to that state's voters and to ours. That would be the health of the Great Lakes. In drawing attention to that issue, Whitmer had the support of Pennsylvania's Governor Tom Wolf and the governors of three other upper Midwest states that border on the lakes. They issued a joint statement on the eve of Tuesday's first round debate calling on all presidential candidates to pledge their support for six policy objectives aimed at protecting drinking water, shoring up infrastructure, stopping the spread of invasive species, and confronting the impacts of climate change on the Great Lakes and the $6 trillion regional economy that depends on them. Today, we're looking at how those issues touch Pennsylvania through the larger lens of the Great Lakes 2020 platform and the multi-state effort to make it a presidential campaign issue. Governor Wolf's Deputy Chief of Staff, Sam Robinson, was closely involved in the discussion that led up to the platform's creation, and he joins us now. Sam, welcome to Pennsylvania Legacies. It's uh, great to be with you. A longtime podcast listener, first-time podcast presenter. Is this an unusual step for five governors of Great Lakes states to get together and, and make a statement like this? What did it take to make that happen, and what's sort of the common ground that unites you know, all these stakeholders? This letter that we recently wrote jointly between Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Pennsylvania – really came out of a conference that was held in mid-June, and it was where the members of the Great Lakes states and a couple of Canadian provinces got together in Milwaukee to sit down and talk about pressing issues that are affecting the Great Lakes. And that happens every three years. And at that convening, there was a lot of really good conversation about both the challenges that are facing the Great Lakes, the opportunities that um, exist to improve both the sort of environmental protection of the lakes, the economic opportunities that are um, that are you know so important to the region, but also how we can bring more attention to these uh, sort of shared challenges and and opportunities, and recognizing also in part the sort of critical role that many of the states that join the Great Lakes are going to play in the upcoming presidential election and in national politics, a lot of attention, we really thought that there was an opportunity to, to kind of put a platform together that we could all agree on and that could inform that debate and draw attention to the needs that uh, face the Great Lakes region broadly. Well, let's talk about what's in the platform, and maybe we can kind of go through it one item at a time. I'll ask you to just sort of summarize what the states are asking for, and then we can zoom in and look at what is Pennsylvania's stake in, in these issues. At a high level, we know that the states that join the Great Lakes have uh, a $6 trillion regional economy supporting uh, 51 million jobs. Overall, 107 million people live in those states. And in many of those states, waters, um, the Great Lakes and the, the various tributaries and waterways that contribute to them are vital to both the drinking water, um, the recreation opportunities, the tourism economy. And so we really wanted to focus attention on opportunities at the federal level to promote those resources and protect those resources. Um, the Great Lakes, obviously, themselves are, are hugely important in that regard, um, but then also all of those sort of tributaries and the drinking water resources that are 
that are fed from the Great Lakes and so important to them. And so we pulled together a platform. It's six specific items, some addressing infrastructure investment backlogs uh, in, throughout the states, some of them more specific kind of pieces about uh, critical infrastructure that serves the Great Lakes and forms the kind of backbone of our the, the economy and ability to transport uh, materials on the Great Lakes, so discussion of the Brandon Road lock and dam, um, one specific piece, real concerns about uh, algal blooms in the Lake Erie Basin, um, an important issue particularly in the western side of the lake, but um, some issues uh, that we want to be on guard for in the eastern side of the lake close to the Pennsylvania border, and then issues related to emerging contaminants. So we've really made a focus uh, in the administration on the PFAS chemical uh, family that has become a issue that uh, many states are grappling with, including us here in Pennsylvania, and really a push to see an expanded federal role in terms of those emerging contaminants to make sure that while we're tackling them at the state level, there's also federal leadership. So that's kind of an overview. Each of these things touches Pennsylvania in one way and to one degree or another, and we just really thought that uh, this was a useful opportunity for the governors to come together to try and raise the profile of these issues. Well, let's start with the top line item then, uh, the, the infrastructure piece for, for drinking water, for wastewater, stormwater, and so on. What is the need and what specifically are you asking uh, for presidential leadership on in that area? The first request that we're asking is a tripling of the federal investment into the Clean and Drinking Water State Revolving Loan Funds. And these funds are really the, the sort of workhorse of federal investment in communities across the Great Lakes region, but certainly in, in Pennsylvania uh, statewide. And these investments help local water systems, local wastewater um, utilities to to invest back into their their infrastructure across that whole basin, we there's an estimated 179 billion dollars in investment that's going to be needed um, to make improvements, upgrades, repairs to those systems. Uh, Pennsylvania, like many of the Great Lakes states, are sort of older states that invested in uh, infrastructure and need to keep investing, you know, in a regular way in order to keep those utilities providing the high-quality service that our residents expect. Here in Pennsylvania, the story is sort of a microcosm of what's going on elsewhere. The American Society of Civil Engineers puts out a report card each um, couple of years, and they have estimated that Pennsylvania's public water systems have a $10.2 billion funding gap um, over the next decade on the wastewater side, an $8.4 billion funding gap over the next decade and that's just to keep existing systems in a state of good repair um, and to upgrade those systems to meet their regulatory requirements and things like combined sewer overflows. So we know that there's this really significant need for investment. Uh, the governor has tried to tackle that at the state level with the Restore Pennsylvania initiative that will provide additional state resources for some of the same kind of funding categories, but we're asking for the federal government to really step up and really retake its position as the, the major driver of investments in these, uh, in these systems. There's been kind of a decline in that type of infrastructure investment at the federal level. It used to be around 63% of spending in uh, the late 70s, and it's down to about 9% now. So we want uh, any federal candidate who's going to be looking to, to hire office to 
really commit to to bring that investment level back up so that we can help make sure that our water and wastewater systems are providing the service that residents need. One item in the platform that you you mentioned a moment ago has to do with the Brandon Road Lock and Dam, which is a very specific facility. Can you can you tell us where this lock and dam site is and why it's so important here? Brandon Roads is a lock and dam facility uh, just southwest of Chicago. It's on the Illinois River, and the the critical piece that's been selected, the critical reason for focusing on this is that it is the real sort of barrier point that has been identified in order to prevent invasive species, particularly Asian carp, from getting into the Great Lakes system from the Mississippi River system. This has been a a key priority for our Fish and Boat Commission. Um, There's a lot of attention to make sure that these Asian carp aren't able to get into and populate the Great Lakes system. They compete sort of very aggressively with other fish populations. Great Lakes support a $7 billion fishing industry. At that point, you're looking at keeping a barrier to Lake Michigan, so that's a fair ways away from our Lake Erie system, but certainly something that once they're in the Great Lakes, it's going to be very difficult to to prevent them from continuing to to migrate on. So um, an important issue that the states are coming together around. And one of those places where it's like a very specific geographic spot where what happens there will affect a broad area in ways that that play out both ecologically and economically. And another one that's also highlighted in the platform is the Sioux Locks, and that's, in fact, pretty potentially impactful on Pennsylvania's economy. So Sioux Locks is a facility in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and while we may not know a lot about it, uh, here in Pennsylvania, you don't hear about it all the time. This is a its a sort of single point of failure that could really cripple the Great Lakes shipping and um, broader economy dependent on the shipping that comes through the Great Lakes. So throughout the Great Lakes system, there's a tremendous amount of transportation of raw materials that are coming from places like Michigan, Minnesota, significant portion of the iron ore that is used in Pennsylvania uh, steel mills comes through that sort of shipping channel and through the Great Lakes. The Sioux Locks, um, which is an older lock system that's maintained by the Army Corps of Engineers, is really a sort of critical point where if the lock, and it's one main lock um, that's operational for larger ships that are that are traversing the Great Lakes, were that to go down, you would just see really tremendous cascading sort of effects through the economies of states that are dependent on those raw resources. And so there's been uh, a sort of initial funding proposals for the Sioux Lock, and particularly uh, the state of Michigan has stepped up to their credit to put some funding in there, but then there's uh, still a sort of $900 million need to modernize the Sioux Locks to ensure that they can remain operational going forward. So it's a really important infrastructure piece, a little bit further from Pennsylvania, but were those locks to go down in time, the full steel uh, production potential in Pennsylvania would grind to a halt. So this is another thing that a little bit further away from Pennsylvania, but has a real connection to activities here. 
So when we look at what's in the lakes and what's in our water supply, there are a couple of themes that really uh, are emphasized in this document. We're looking at uh, nutrient pollution in particular and the resulting algal blooms. And the other one you mentioned a moment ago is one that we're hearing more and more about lately, and it's PFAS contamination. Could you talk a little bit about what's needed broadly for the Great Lakes in those two areas, and then specifically how does that translate to a Pennsylvania context? Pennsylvania is on the eastern side of Lake Erie, obviously. We have a relatively small shoreline compared to some of the other states. And the algal blooms in Lake Erie have to date largely affected the western portion of the basin of Lake Erie, but have really created tremendous problems for Toledo at the far western end of the lake. And in order to address those issues Ohio is really working to make significant investments in reducing nutrient flows to the lake. We're certainly um, supportive of that effort. We want to make sure that the algal blooms there don't continue to spread throughout the lake. We've seen some very limited discoveries of potential algal blooms on the eastern end of the lake. You know, as with some of the efforts that are underway here in Pennsylvania on Chesapeake Bay, to reduce nutrient flows, these are significant investments that uh, that need to be made in order to achieve that change. And so standing with other states that are working on those issues to improve the water quality of the lake by looking for additional federal investment there. And just, again, to make sure that this doesn't spread into other areas of the lake that are closer to Pennsylvania, that's of critical concern for the city of Erie and the wonderful resource on Prescott Isle there where there's so much tourism, really the crown jewel in some ways of our of our state park system. We want to make sure that that, that water remains pristine and, and swimmable for the numerous millions of people that visit uh, that state park every year and take advantage of the resource. On the other piece, um, in terms of emerging contaminants, really this has been a statewide focus for Pennsylvania and we really made a push to have a strong focus on it in the letter. The perfluorinated chemical family broadly um, has become just really a consuming focus and and that's happening here it's happening across the Great Lakes states um, at the conference that I mentioned that we were at in June there was a tremendous amount of focus on PFAS and each state is sort of working in its own way to address their particular contamination issues and Pennsylvania uh, with the establishment under the governor's leadership of a PFAS task force, I think, is is right there working to address those issues. But we also feel that there's tremendous importance to seeing a federal role to this. Pennsylvania has never to date established a maximum contaminant level, which is the standard for how much PFAS is safe uh, in drinking water. We've never done that for any, any chemical compound. We've always relied on the EPA to establish MCLs. And so while we're moving forward towards establishing an MCL, we'd also really love the federal government to take quick action to address that issue and provide federal leadership and also, again, funding. So maybe we can examine a little bit more the federal role and also where that connects with the political context. It was interesting to note that this platform was unveiled earlier this week in Michigan. Uh, Obviously, we just had uh, Democratic presidential primary debates in, in Detroit earlier this week. Michigan, certainly, obviously, Pennsylvania, and also Wisconsin, I think, are considered very important key 
swing states that helped determine the outcome of the last election and and may well uh, again in 2020. Can you talk a little bit about the political calculation here and what the response has been from from the various presidential campaigns? What what are we hearing back? Well, I think that there's clearly going to be a lot of attention on the the states of the sort of upper Midwest and uh, and Pennsylvania and Ohio. Um, and as we you know find ourselves in that spotlight, we want to take the opportunity to raise issues that are important here and try and get uh, candidates to pay attention to them, to be talking about them, to be making commitments that um, hopefully then move forward with whoever's elected going forward. And I think that's a really sort of savvy piece. I give a lot of credit to Michigan for in some ways spearheading the effort, but the response from the other states and, and our response has been really enthusiastic to take advantage of this moment to try and build interest and awareness of the issues on the water side and infrastructure side that are facing the Great Lakes states. In terms of the reaction, I think it's been very favorable. We've been getting a lot of interest from news organizations, from uh, from environmental organizations that we're pleased to see the focus on some of the issues that are important to them. And in terms of the candidates, I think we'll have to sort of let that play out uh, a little bit further, but really positive response thus far. I caught one specific mention of, of climate change in the platform, and, and it was in the context of talking about algal blooms again. Kind of what's interesting about this whole story to me is the way in which it brings together economic and environmental concerns across this wide geographic region, these distinct political entities, the way our state and federal governments are, are kind of structured butting up against this collection of problems and issues that transcends state lines and boundaries and the way we're seeing state-level leadership kind of coalesce around them and, and challenge the federal government to, to do more and do better. And I'm wondering, especially as states are more and more anticipating impacts from climate change, they're going to be affected in similar connected ways. Can we expect to see more of this kind of cooperative uh, action and advocacy among the states as that comes more to the forefront in the years ahead? Well, I certainly hope so. When I was at the conference, a number of governors from both sides of the aisle, discussions of climate change were not political. They were the reality that folks are seeing on the ground. And I think it's highlighted a little in the letter in terms of algal blooms. Lake Erie is one of the more shallow lakes, and um, that means that it warms up more quickly, and that certainly contributes to the challenges with those blooms. But more broadly, across the investments that we're talking about here, when we're thinking about the clean drinking water, uh, the Clean Water State Revolving Loan Fund, additional rainfall that we're seeing in Pennsylvania taxes those systems more than they've been taxed in, in the past. So I think that we need to build that climate awareness and thinking about resiliency and all the conversations and planning that we're having. I think there's been a little bit of a sea change in how controversial that is. It seems it's mm-hmm. being taken much more seriously. And I I think that's all to the good and and hope it continues. Well, Sam Robinson, Deputy Chief of Staff to Governor Tom Wolf, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. We'll have a link to the Great Lakes 2020 platform, along with more information on why PEC supports it in the show notes for this episode. That's at PECPA.org, where you can find all past episodes of Pennsylvania Legacies and much more on the Pennsylvania Environmental Council's work. Thanks to our friends at the Michigan Environmental Council, who coordinated the effort along with Governor Whitmer's office, as well as our counterparts in the other four signatory states. Again, check out PECPA.org in the show notes for this episode to learn more about the Great Lakes 2020 platform. 
And that'll wrap up another installment of Pennsylvania Legacies. Thanks for listening and check back in a couple of weeks for a new episode. We post them all at the Peck website. Of course, you can listen to the podcast as you would any other podcast on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, Google Play, Player.fm, Stitcher, and any number of other platforms. Anywhere that podcasts are available, you can find the Pennsylvania Legacies program. We appreciate your feedback via Facebook and on Twitter at PECPA. You can always drop an email to legacies at PECPA.org. For the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks for listening.